And just as listening to the Mike Martini show would be, Sullivan felt that Presley's wild gyrations of his pelvis would lead the nation's females into a frenzy of untold proportions. Yeah, that, that would sum up the Mike Martini show. I'm George Zahn for WMKV. I'm blushing. Thank you, George. Traffic right now, we have an accident North Bend at West Fork. Let me see what else we got here. Also, uh, westbound Norwood Lateral, east of 75. Uh, the 1900 block of Adams, that's in Mount Healthy. Glenway at Grand, Clough Pike at Wolfangle, Central Parkway at Hopple, and Alamo at Ridge. Slowdowns in the usual spots this afternoon. Your forecast, winter storm watch in effect uh, tomorrow. Tonight, cloudy skies, some uh, slight flurries late tonight, a low of 18 degrees. The real accumulating snow starts tomorrow morning around 7 o'clock. But according to the National Weather Service, we're going to get about 2 to 4 inches by the time uh, the sun sets tomorrow. Uh, highs in the mid-20s. Could get a little light accumulation overnight tomorrow night into Friday. But uh, I think the worst of it will be about 2 to 4 inches according to the Weather Service. Friday, a high of only 22. Saturday's high uh, only around 20. Lows dipping down to near 0 to 5 above Saturday night. Sunday, cold with a high of only uh, 18 degrees for the Bengals game. And then Monday, we start to warm up a little bit. Should be above freezing by Tuesday. And in the mid to upper 30s, Wednesday and Thursday. Right now, we're at 28 degrees here at 89.3 WMKV. The views and discussion expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of the hosts of the program, WMKV, Maple Knoll Communities, its staff, or management. The information and advice presented are educational in nature and not intended to be taken as legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Always consult with your own legal, accounting, or other professional before making any investment. Welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing, a show to help you gain financial freedom by investing in real estate. Brought to you by the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati and the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing on 89.3 FM WMKV. And now your host, Vena Jones-Cox. Good afternoon. I am Vina Jones-Cox, and this is Real Life Real Estate Investing, where this week, as every week, we're putting folks just like you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing. And tonight we have a, a really great show. Uh, we've had a, a few people that I was aware of or that were competitors in the Cincinnati RIA Best and Worst Deals events that have agreed to get on the show and talk about the deals that they did in 2009 to both educate and motivate each of you. These are all real-life investors. They're not folks who have courses to sell or usually speak in public or on the radio. As a matter of fact, it was a little like pulling teeth to get them to agree to come on board here because, you know, being on the radio is all scary and everything. So we're going to talk about these deals, and each guest is only going to be on for about uh, 10 to 15 minutes. So if you have a question about a particular guest deal, you need to get them while they're still on the air and you need to call at 772-9658 or 877-772-9658. That is going to be 
the easiest way to make sure that you can ask guests questions about their deals because once they're gone, I don't know the answers. 772-9658 or 877-772-9658. And speaking of the Real Estate Investors Association of Greater Cincinnati, the very first meeting of the year is tomorrow night. And it's a good one to kick off 2010 with. The early meeting will be RIA President Jim Shapiro and myself talking about how to create a business plan that works how to set some goals that are reasonable and challenging, and then actually reach them in real estate. We'll also be talking a little bit about forming mastermind groups. So that's the early meeting at 6 o'clock. The main meeting at 7.30 is a panel of experienced investors talking about what they did in 2009 that was different than what they'd done in years past and what they, what they foresee in the market for 2010 and beyond and how they plan to adjust their businesses to make money in that market. That's the RIA of Greater Cincinnati meeting tomorrow evening, early meeting at 6 o'clock, main meeting at 7.30. More information at CincinnatiRIA.com. Incidentally, if we have to cancel the RIA meeting due to the snow, which I do not foresee at this point, but if it happens, you will find that out as well at CincinnatiRIA.com. So check that before you head out to the Jordan Crossing at Reading and Seymour for the meeting tomorrow night. My first guest this evening is Steve Paco, who won the contest at Greater Cincinnati RIA for best deal by a new investor. And uh, Steve Boy just jumped in with both feet on this deal. And uh, he's joining us by phone. Welcome, Steve. Hi, good evening. Hi, Steve. Thanks for being uh, for agreeing to help educate and motivate our listeners tonight. Um, start out by, by talking a little bit about yourself. You're not a full-time real estate investor, and this was your very first deal. Yeah, that's correct. And I've lived my whole professional life in the Cincinnati area, so I've, I'm conservative just like everybody else is out there. So the real estate investing, um, I've wanted to do it for a long time. But it was a little scary, you know, making a deal, signing on the dotted line and everything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, this, was, this, this deal was actually a package of properties. It wasn't, just, it wasn't just one. You bought a whole bunch all at the same time. Yes, it was. Uh, there were six properties that were owned by somebody uh, as actually a partnership in the past. And they'd paid anywhere from thirty dollars to uh, $50,000 for each of the properties. And the bank... Um, decided they were going to foreclose on them. So what they did is they listed them with a real estate agent. They were going to sell them either individually or as a group of all six, depending on how they could get the best offer for them. And um, they had them originally listed for uh, about $85,000 for six houses. Several of them needed um, quite a bit of work on them. And so I looked at them, and um, two of them were rented out at the time. And I worked the numbers, and what I ended up doing was putting in a uh, all cash offer to purchase them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what what was your offer on this eighty five thousand dollar package of houses? What I did is I took about eighty uh, percent of that, so I offered them sixty five thousand dollars all cash, and uh, they accepted the offer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, uh, interesting little side note to this story: when when you say offer them all cash. You know, a lot of people are sending it going, oh, man, I haven't got 65. I mean, I see it's a good deal, but where am I going to get $65,000 in cash? And and the fact was, it wasn't your cash that you were offering. No, it wasn't. Um, what I did was uh, I'd been talking to several friends. I said, you know, I've been wanting to invest in real estate, and I was thinking about it, but I 
said I, was, I had to put together something, but I didn't have the cash to do it. And I explained to them how sometimes people will borrow from each other, uh, either from somebody's um, their uh, uh, what they put aside for retirement, maybe in a retirement plan, or if they have some extra money from insurance or something. And I had a friend that offered me uh, $65,000 to purchase the properties uh, at 6% interest, which mm-hmm. is, you know, if they put it in the bank themselves, they'd be lucky to get 1%. They offered me 6%. Uh, we amortized it over 30 years, but what I want to do is try to pay it back in five. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, the, that, the, so, so it was just as easy as that. I mean, basically, you just kind of had conversations with people and said, hey, this is what I'm doing. This is what I need to do it. And someone just stepped forward and said, hey, that sounds like a good investment to me. That's correct, because, you know, uh, in the past, you know, the past few years, everybody's 401k mysteriously became a 201k. So as all of us baby boomers are getting older, we're looking at our retirement funds, and they're just not what they were a few years ago. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I know a lot of people are really afraid to approach potential partners or private lenders, particularly before they have a deal. They say, you know, what am I going to tell them? I, I don't have anything for them to invest in. And you just kind of ignored that whole thing and went and talked anyway. Right. And, you know, it, when you first talk to your friends, you're not, like, hitting them up to borrow money or anything. You're just discussing uh the future and what are the best options for some things and saying, you know, um, if you're not content with 1%, we might be able to work something out so you can get more than that. And uh, it's, it's as, as safe, you know, as putting your money in the bank. And you can show them the property, you know, walk them through and everything. And the nice thing about this deal is uh, with only two of the houses rented, several of them need renovation, but with only two houses rented, it cash flows the whole deal. So I'm not making any money right now, but all of a sudden I've got equity of uh, six houses, uh, and and several of them, the two that are rented out right now, uh, each of them are worth around forty forty five thousand dollars a piece. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the listing price of eighty five thousand was really a low list price to begin with. You didn't pay sixty five thousand for eighty five thousand dollars worth of properties. You spent sixty five thousand on closer to like two hundred thousand dollars worth of properties. That's correct. Mm-hmm. And it was because the bank wanted to, a couple of them are kind of junkers. And um, I was thinking about it, you know, if I got four decent properties, I could give two of them away. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't, you know, you've talked about that before, about donating them to a nonprofit organization, taking a write-off. So even with the six, I could give two away. Uh, and still come out ahead. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so basically, I know. In, in addition to being very conservative, you are also very analytical. You have you have an MBA. I mean, you, you've you've got a, a lot of education. You basically looked at this this thing six different ways and couldn't see a way to lose. That's correct. Because you know, if you use if this was a few years ago, and you the rent right now on one of the houses, as an example, is four hundred and fifty dollars. It's a three bedroom, two bath house in Butler County. And it really should be around 550. But the previous owners, because the guy's taking care of the house and helping him out some, he made the rent 450 dollars. Wonder, normal times that house would be worth, you know, using that one percent rule, that house should be worth 45,000 dollars. And even if you discount it because of the risk, you know, it's 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 at least worth 30,000 dollars as is rented out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the the real lessons here for our listeners, especially those who are new investors, is number one, don't be afraid to talk to people about money. And number two, if you've analyzed a deal several ways, 
and you just don't see any way to lose it, stop analyzing and make the offer. That's right. And, you know, you make the offer, and you can put some clauses in there if you want to. Now, I went ahead and looked at all of them ahead of time and did my own inspections and, and everything in the beginning. Um, I had some other people go and look at some things. But um, getting six houses at once, you know, that was pretty big for a, you know, for a person that's not used to doing that, especially, like I said, being from this area, you know, being conservative. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, very much appreciate you coming on the air today, Steve, and uh, helping us to let new investors know that, yeah, there are deals out there and, you know, sometimes you just you can't not do them. And uh, good luck with your uh, real estate career. Thank you. And I'd just like to add, just reemphasize two things you said. One is, I can't emphasize enough, the Cincinnati uh, Real Estate Investors Association. I joined this past year, and there are so many people there at all, um, you know, beginners, people who've never made a deal all the way up to people like yourself uh, who've done, you know, all kinds of stuff. And everybody there is willing, you know, when you talk to them, they're willing to help you out. So if you're not sure, come to the meetings. The other thing is the um, Butler County has an IPOA meeting. They're very helpful as well. It's it's very similar. Mm -hmm. And then the education you can get, uh, like OREA, and um, some of the classes that the people, you mentioned Jim Shapiro, I took one class from him as well after I made the deal, uh, put this thing together uh, to get some additional training. So I just wanted to do that, is let, you, let people know that uh, every week they listen. If they're in this area, I can really vouch for the Cincinnati RIA Group is really a good organization to join. Well, thank you very much, Steve. Appreciate that. And when we come back from the break, we'll be talking to our next real-life investor about a deal that he did 800 miles from home. We'll be back right after this. WMKV is listener-supported public radio. Whether you're a longtime listener or new to 89.3 FM or to WMKVFM.org, your contribution means the difference between vibrant and fun public radio and dead air. If you've received a reminder about renewing a current or lapsed contribution, or if you'd like to learn more about how you can support WMKV for the very first time, it's easy to do. Simply call 513-782-2427 to see how you can keep this unique radio station on the air. We welcome your new and or continued financial support. In fact, your contribution is critical to our survival as a public radio station. Every contribution is significant, so please help as you can. That number again for WMKV contributions is 513-782-2427, 782-2427, and thank you. And checking on traffic right now, we have an accident in Fairbanks at River Road, also one on the Norwood Lateral East, I'm sorry, westbound, westbound Norwood Lateral before you get to 75, it's over on the right shoulder, but watch out for that. In the Mount Healthy area, 1900 block of Adams Street, there is an accident. Also, Glenway at Grand, Clough Pike at Wolfangle, Central Parkway at Hopple, and Alamo at Ridge. And slowdowns, of course, in the usual spots, maybe a little bit heavier than usual this evening as folks head out to get their milk and bread. Uh, speaking of milk and bread, your weather forecast from the National Weather Service this evening. Cloudy skies with a low of uh, 15 degrees. Tomorrow, winter storm watch in effect. Throughout the day, the National Weather Service is predicting about 2 to 4 inches of uh, accumulating snow as it begins tomorrow morning and continues throughout the day. 
Uh, we could get some additional light accumulations overnight tomorrow night into Friday, but uh, Weather Service says 2 to 4 inches, so I believe them. High around 25 tomorrow, highs in the lower 20s on Friday. Saturday highs around 20 and lows near zero Saturday night. Uh, for the Bengals game, Sunday highs around 15 degrees. And then uh, Monday, Tuesday start to warm up a little bit. Highs in the mid to upper 30s by Tuesday or Wednesday of next week. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox, and this week on Real Life Real Estate, we're getting your year started off, kicked off, with some real-life tales of success by some real-life real estate investors. And joining us now by phone is Nathan Embry, who is a member of the board of the Real Estate Investors Association of Greater Cincinnati, area, uh, Greater Cincinnati who did a deal in Florida even though he lives in Cincinnati. Welcome, Nathan. Hello, Vina. How are you today? Very good. Um, again, why don't you start off by, by just telling folks a little bit about yourself, how long you've been in real estate, what your focus has been, and then we will get into the details of this, this very profitable and very far away deal. Okay. Uh, I am a full-time real estate investor. I uh, got started a little bit over two years ago. My focus was primarily on just wholesaling, um, something that you teach a lot of. I was uh, buying and um, assigning contracts here locally in the Cincinnati market, doing some very um, uh, low-priced properties, you know, things I was picking up for uh, $15,000, $20,000, assigning them and making a few thousand dollars on that. Um, And then the market began to change, and um, uh, short sales became extremely um, prevalent, and popular, and um, I um, had a lot of those leads um, coming to me, and I thought, well, you know, I'm not going to just pass these opportunities up. I'm going to learn how to to do this, mm-hmm. and so I set off to educate myself in uh, the world of short sales, and uh, that has really been our focus um, for the last um, year, 14 months, is been primarily on short sale transactions. Mm-hmm. Now, I assume that in general, you prefer that your short sales be close enough that you can like drive there and look at them. <laughs> we do. <laughs> um, I, I and also, uh, you know, I'm a conservative person. I like to go out and take a look at things and be able to feel and touch and say, okay, I, I know what we're dealing with here. Um, but, um, you know, this particular deal um, in Florida was we didn't have that privilege. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and one of the one of the things I really like about this deal is that you you stepped way out of most investors' comfort zones. I mean, you're you're talking four states away here, but you did it in a way that was that was very safe because you you sort of built up a team to help you do the deal in Florida. So let's yeah. start with how did you find a deal in Florida? It was a referral. Uh, you would be, um, you may not be, but a lot of people may be surprised that how many people locally um, in Ohio um, like to invest in Florida. Um, either themselves or their grandparents or their uncle has a house in Florida, and you know where they go and um, snowbird. And mm-hmm. so it was just a referral from uh, one of my local um, transactions here. Somebody says, "Hey, I know so and so, and they have this house, and it's in Florida," and you know, they probably need to do a short sell. Mm-hmm. And for those who aren't familiar with Marco Island, Florida, it is a luxury community. 
It is. It is not. You, there's there's not there's not four hundred dollar a month apartments on Marco Island, no. Florida, and this was a luxury type property. It was. It was a very very nice place. Uh, it needed absolutely nothing done to it. Um, it's not you know a rehab project or anything of that nature. It was sitting on a uh, canal has a, a dock. Um, you know, big lanai with an in-ground pool. A very, very nice place. Mm-hmm. And what what was your estimated after-repaired value on that property? Uh, that was probably one of the, the, the key <laughs> things to figure out, being that I wasn't really familiar with the market. Um, to, to answer the question short, it, it, we were estimating about five fifty to 600000 And, you know, I, I essentially... Um, contacted a real estate agent uh, from a referral, and I had him do a a BPO, which is a broker's price opinion, for me. And I paid him to do this because um, you can call, you know, locally or whatever market you're in, you can call, you know, agents and say, hey, what do you think this will sell for? And you're going to get a whole lot of different opinions. But I felt like if I paid this gentleman, it was just $100 um, to actually do a little bit of research and provide me with some documentation what things are selling for that are very comparable in the same area, I would be able to get a pretty good fix. So that's how we did that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, this is not a typical investor-type property where you would wholesale the deal to someone who was looking to fix it up and sell it again. This is more of a homeowner-type property. Correct. And 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 you, you listed it as such after you put it under contract with an option. Mm-hmm. Uh, you listed it at a price that was attractive to homeowners, but not a, not at all to investors. I mean, you weren't even going after that investor crowd. No, I, I we and that that was another key thing. And I'll make a point here. It's it's always great to know you know when you're going for that after repaired value that ARV. What's what's this thing going to sell for? Um, another key thing, especially when you're in these short sale option structures, and and you've you've got a limited amount of time to move this property and to be able to to gain the spread and, and walk away with some cash. So you have to know what your competition is. And so not only just focusing on what's sold, but what's out there and what's active. And so you can make sure that your price is going to be competitive uh, aggressively with, with what's on the market today. And so that's what we did. We looked at what had sold, but we also looked at what was out there, and we priced it just a little bit under mm-hmm. to everybody else. Mm-hmm. And so we were able to get some immediate traction and some showings immediately. Mm-hmm. So let's 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 walk through this process. You get this referral. Somebody calls and says, oh, I've got this friend who's got a foreclosure on Marco Island, Florida. Mm-hmm. You did the usual thing where you went to the owner and you said, look, I'm going to have to make you an offer that's less than what you owe. But on the other hand, you won't be bringing the difference to the table. The bank's just going to accept less than what you owe if I do this right. You got the bank you went through a normal short sale negotiation with the bank you probably went back and forth with them a number of times and they did their bpo and for months okay (laughs) and the bank ultimately accepted 433 correct on a house on a house worth you know 565 or something um and those big numbers are scary to a lot of people here in the midwest Mm -hmm. uh they were scary to me too. Yeah, there's there's yeah. a decimal point in the wrong place there. I mean, <laughs> I'm used to buying houses for forty three, you know, not yeah. know, not for not for four thirty three. Um, so uh, once you got the got the offer accepted, you listed the property in the MLS just as if you were a normal seller selling property to any homeowner. Anyone. 
Yeah. You, you listed it at 535, which is, you know, 30,000 maybe under market. Mm-hmm. And you you mentioned that <laughs> you listed on a Friday, and by Saturday you had already had five showings. Well, we did. We actually um, took a, maybe a, a little bit of a liberty, and we went down. I said, well, let's fly down <laughs> to Marco. So we flew down there, and we actually stayed in the house for, for two days and because it was you know just a second home, so nobody was occupying the property. And so while we were there, um, you know, the showings and everything started, and we – we were there, I think that was a Friday, and so Saturday we were there and actually had to, had to go out to the beach and do things just to get out of the house because people were wanting <laughs> to get in the house. And, you know, they, we were trying to get out of their way. Yeah, I'm sure so, that's why you went to the beach was that people yeah, were trying to get to was, the house. It was. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and, and, and when you file your 09 taxes, is there going to be a tra- business travel expense there for that trip to Marco Island? <laughs> Yeah, how'd you know? I just, I just, I, I don't know, just, just guessing. Yes. So by Sunday morning, you had three offers. We did, and we had two of them. Surprisingly, um, kind of a weird thing were, were cash mm-hmm. at half a million dollars, and I was um, just a little bit stunned by that. Um, and you know, you have a lot of people um, uh, all over the country that are looking at parts of Florida and you know parts of Ohio, for that matter and saying, wow, these are some unbelievable deals, and um, we're going to take advantage. Because if someone were to buy the same house in Marco three years ago, they were paying $1.2 million. Mm-hmm. And so now they're able to get it for $515,000. they are going to they are really jumping at it. So we had two cash offers and one conventional offer with a, a large chunk of change down. Mm-hmm. And that's actually the offer we went with because it was – a little bit higher, and it was very strong. They were putting thirty thousand down, I believe, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so we were pretty confident that they weren't going to walk away from that. And uh, we accepted that offer Sunday morning. Okay, so bank accepted four thirty-three. You accepted five fifteen. Mm-hmm. That that that's a huge amount of of money. But as in many of these deals, you had some. You you had a partner involved. You had a, a private lender who helped you close the deal that got some of that money. So your net profit on that was what? Uh, it was just under thirty thousand. It was twenty nine and some change. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So and yeah, and, and we commissions was a huge part of that. And then we had a private lender that actually you know was the transactional lender for this deal, and um, so he made out very well. Also for you know quick in and out, I think he you know got about thirteen thousand dollars of it. Um, but, you know, it was all necessary in order to, you know, complete the transaction. Mm-hmm. I think one other thing I'll note, too, is your title company. Being that I was venturing outside of my area, I really didn't know, you know, anybody that did closings in Florida. And so being that this was a two transactions back-to-back, um, I really had to spend some time and, you know, make some calls and explain to some folks, this is what I'm doing, this is how I'm doing it, there's disclosures, this is how my contract reads, and make sure that they understood what was going on and they were comfortable closing this type of transaction. Mm-hmm. And that is that right there is the number one lesson I would like listeners to get out of this because there are so many people who think the grass is greener someplace other than where they live. Mm-hmm. And they, they, they're, they're in Ohio and they want to invest in Florida, or more commonly they're in California and they want to invest in Ohio. And the mistake they make is not getting people who are on the ground in the location where they're investing that are competent 
and knowledgeable to help them out. Yes. Yeah. That, if it wasn't for the, the, the agent that did a great job um, assessing the property for us and the title company that was knowledgeable with these type of transactions and this structure, we never could have got the deal done. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. And so all you California listeners who are thinking about running into Cincinnati and, and buying some properties, please make sure that you're not, you're not talking to your California realtor about what Cincinnati properties are worth <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and vice versa. So uh, really appreciate you joining us, uh, Nathan, and congratulations for that great big check that you got along with a tax deductible trip to a luxury home. <laughs> <laughs> on the beach in Florida. Wow, that was that was a nice one. Congratulations. Thank you, Fina. It's been a privilege. <laughs> Thank you very much, Nathan. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing. When we come back, we will talk to the winner of the most creative deal of the year, who's getting $7,000 a month income from one property that he sold years ago. We'll be back right after this. Support for WMKV comes from the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati, a nonprofit educational association with programs available for real estate investors at all levels of experience. RIA meets on the first and third Thursdays of every month. More information about RIA and their meetings is available at 859 292 7342. It's the best in music tonight on WMKV 89.3 FM. At 8 p.m. after Mystery Playhouse, it's Hit Parade Highlights. At 9 o'clock tonight, Don't Miss In Concert. And at 10 p.m., Barbershop Harmony. Followed at 11 p.m. by Music Till Midnight. Your favorites are right here every day on 89.3 FM, WMKV, the way radio was and is meant to be. And let's see what we have here. As far as traffic's concerned, that good news is the accident westbound Norwood Lateral has been cleaned up, so that's out of the way. Still have a few backups there, by the way, but uh, the accident is gone, should improve soon. But we still do have accidents on uh, Glenway at Grand, Fairbanks at River Road, and the 1900 block of Adams, that is in Mount Healthy, and uh, some backups in the usual spots, including northbound 75 out of downtown. And then again at the Glendale-Milford Merge, North 71 slows up uh, around Smith through Red Bank and Montgomery through Pfeiffer. Forecast tonight, National Weather Service uh, says cloudy skies tonight, but tomorrow a winter storm watch in effect from the morning into the evening. Two to four inches of snow possible with a high tomorrow around 25 degrees. Snow gradually tapering off Thursday night into Friday. Could get a little more snow but it's called light accumulation, so I don't think it's going to be adding too much to the 2 to 4 inches that's predicted. A Friday's high, by the way, a high around uh, 22. Saturday, a high of only 20. Lows di- dipping down to near 0 to 5 above Saturday night. Sunday, a cold day for the Bengals game, a high of only about 15 degrees. Then Monday, sunny skies. We warm up to around 32. And Tuesday and Wednesday, highs perhaps into the mid and even upper 30s by the middle of next week. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox, and we're talking today to some folks who have made real-life deals and are sharing their best deals with you as a way of showing you what's out there in the market if you just look and teaching you some lessons about some of the best ways to do things. And our next guest is the veteran of the bunch. Ed Bueller has been a member of Cincinnati RIA literally since its inception in 1976. 
and was the winner of the most creative deal of the year at this year's contest over a single property that is netting him $7,000 a month cash flow. And Ed, I, I think people want to hear about this deal. Um, are we on? Yes, we are. Okay. Um, you're a little weak, so if you try to speak up on this phone, I'm on. Um, I was planning on telling another story, if that's okay. Uh, sure. Yes, I um, I could tell that deal, but I was wanting to tell a simple deal so that beginning investors and uh, and your audience can realize it isn't that hard. I have what well, I would like to tell about two houses in Norwood that I bought in 87. And uh, you want me to go ahead on them? Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, 1987, we found a VA foreclosure on Carthage Avenue, just up from White Castle off of Montgomery there. Uh, we paid 27000 for it, but 10% down, that would have been 2700 It needed a little work, and we rented it for $400. And uh, a few months later, we got another VA foreclosure. It was in the paper, of course, and uh, it was $20,000, uh, 10% down. The first one didn't need much work, or hardly any. The second one needed some, but we essentially bought them and put them to work. And uh, it was no big deal. We didn't strike anything fancy. There was no special terms. It was just whatever the government offered. Mm-hmm. And so we need to fast forward till uh, um, 2007, uh, two years ago or so. And they were worth uh, three times what we paid for them. Mm-hmm. Um, the combined value was 47 or so then, and they're worth about 150 now. Now, the recession came in, and prices have gone down. But from an investor's perspective who hangs in there and stays with them, it's not a big deal. Right now, they uh, they bring in 1550 a month. That's interesting. The rents doubled, but the values went up three times. Mm-hmm. Um, you've always said, and so has your dad, that they would go up and value properties on in general about double every 10 years. Well, the values have held the story correct, but the prices on the rents have only doubled. Well, today, I couldn't get 150 for them, but they're paid off. They've been paid off for five or six years. I have $1,550 a month gross income, and am I hurting? I would think not. <laughs> I believe what I want to do, which I've done before, it would be to sell them long term if to another investor. And uh, which is called an installment sale. Um, I probably could have gotten a monthly payment of around a, oh, $1,100 uh, at the beginning of the recession. I probably would have to cut my monthly payment as a mortgage holder to maybe 1000 a month for the two houses. So essentially the only thing this recession has done to me is reduce, the possi- or reduce a potential monthly payment from say 1100 down to a thousand or maybe 950 mm-hmm. so i would lose 150 a month up on sale if that's what i do mm-hmm. and, uh, to show you that whether you buy at any time it doesn't matter um it's a matter of taking care of them and holding on to them and letting them uh take care of you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. questions that's uh that's the the, the big lesson here uh, I think for folks, particularly who don't have that, you know, 
30 plus year perspective about the real estate market and and what it does over the long haul is that th- this wasn't an exciting deal norwood's not a Norwood's not Marco Island, Florida, you know. Be careful now. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it's it's a good bread and butter neighborhood, it's, it's but blue collar redneck, if you want to pe- call it that. People don't and, people don't vacation in Norwood, you know. No, no. Um, but it, it was just a, a very simple, plain vanilla deal. Just a normal, just a couple of normal houses, um, normal financing, normal everything. But by not trying to flip them and take ten thousand dollars cash out right away or something like that. What you've got now is paid-off assets that are worth hundred thousand plus dollars. Well, that- if I if I pay them all, if I go on a fifteen-year, uh, I believe I would could net a thousand a month pretty easily, even in the, in today's depressed markets, and that's one hundred and eighty gross over fifteen. Mm-hmm. And if I go over twenty uh, at nine hundred dollars a month total payment from the properties, the twenty-year gross would be two hundred and sixteen thousand. Uh huh. Of course, you got in, you got inflation and all that impacts that. But uh, when you reach retirement, you don't normally need an awful lot of money. Uh, and if you've got enough sto- got enough things going for you, it really isn't uh, important that you have it. Mm-hmm. But the person that is only going to have six or eight hundred dollars in Social Security, if he had if he had four houses like this, he'd be worth two thousand a month additional just on the payment. If he had six, it'd be three thousand, mm-hmm. which could be four or five times his social security. Mm-hmm. And it, it takes him all the way from just borderline poverty in retirement to being pretty comfortable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No. And the lesson is start now, not when you're three or four years from retirement. Mm-hmm. But if you fifteen years is the way to buy, uh, or is the finance? I don't. I don't believe in the twenty or thirty. Unless you're young and you're trying to really maximize things, I think you should stick to 15-year financing. And that being the case, somebody could start at 50 mm-hmm. and and have it paid off at 65. Mm-hmm. And as in the case of the deal, uh, the most uh, uh, creative deal that you wanted to have me talk about, I still had a large amount of the mortgage to pay off mm-hmm. when I sold the property. So it wasn't like it has to be taken to complete payoff. You can resell it uh, and leave the underlying mortgage there and then let your, your new buyer pay off your mortgage. And then when it's paid off, you get the larger payment. Mm-hmm. So uh, mm-hmm. you can start and do this, I would say, probably not much later than 50 or 55. Um, and I'm, I'm sure that'll catch a big part of the audience. Mm-hmm. Well, Ed, I appreciate this perspective, which which has largely gone out of style of, yes. of you know, buy them and hold them. And, and don't, you know, do other things too, sure, if you want to. But you got to be looking up the road 15, 20, 30 years about what your financial life's going to be like. And that is exactly what you have done. And I really appreciate you sharing uh, your wisdom with our Real Life Real Estate guests. Yes. Thank you very much, Ed. You're welcome. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing. When we come back, we're going to talk to a gal who bought a $600,000 home in Cincinnati for less than half that and exactly how that happened for her. We'll be back right after this. Join WMKV for Our Best Friends, a show dedicated to the cats and dogs that make our lives a joy. 
If you have pet questions from general health to behavior, Dr. Bob Biederman of the Plum Street Pet Clinic downtown Cincinnati is here at WMKV to take your calls every Tuesday from 5 to 6 p.m. I wanted to be a vet for a long time, and it's uh, something I'm very proud of. I'm very happy, actually. I can't imagine I would be doing anything else. It's doggone good radio. Some call it the cat's meow, but it's fun and informative. Listen for Dr. Bob talking pets on Our Best Friends, Tuesdays, 5 to 6 p.m. after Trivia Tuesday on 89.3 FM, WMKV and WMKVFM.org. Checking on traffic right now, we have an accident in Glenway at Grant. That's pretty much it, uh, although there is a report of an accident just in eastbound 275 east of Kentucky 16. That would be near the Licking River Bridge, um, but that's not confirmed. Weather forecast from the National Weather Service. Uh, we have a winter storm watch in effect um, tomorrow. Tonight, cloudy skies with a, a low of 15 degrees tomorrow. Some snow with accumulations probably two to four inches from the National Weather Service, it says, and then maybe a few lingering snow showers tomorrow night into Friday, but they're talking about two to four inches, so it's a little more uh, realistic, hopefully, than some of the other radio stations in town, which are getting very alarmist and talking about seven or eight inches. Uh, on Friday, mostly cloudy skies with a high of uh, 23 degrees, and then Saturday, highs around 20, lows near zero on Saturday night, and then we warm up a little bit in the middle of next week. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing, and we are currently trying to get in touch with our next guest. We um, we uh, tried to make a call and got voicemail, but today's show we're talking to real life investors who have made real life deals, and from the feedback I'm getting on our Real Life Real Estate Radio fan site and on Facebook chat. We need to do these shows more often. So if you have a great deal that you've done recently, uh, post it on our fan site at realliferealestateradio.com and we will uh, maybe do another show, I don't know, in the spring or the summer with real life investors. I know I get motivated listening to the deals these folks have made. So um, our next guest is Debbie Paulson. Uh, Debbie is an investor here from the Cincinnati area who uh, did a deal that she liked so well, she ended up moving into it. Debbie, are you there? Yes, I am. <laughs> Good. Um, can you can you can you tell folks a little bit about yourself, uh, what you do in real estate, and and um, uh, how you got to to this place where you're an investor? Yes, um, it was probably about five years ago. Um, my husband signed us up to come to one of your seminars, and um, we went. And um, you were talking about private lending and um, investing in homes, and we met um, Missy McCall there. And I started um, private lending with her. Mm-hmm. Um, did that for about two years, and then we decided to take another step and actually start um, purchasing some homes. Mm-hmm. So. We probably bought a package of 10 homes, and then since then we've purchased three more. And then um, we decided we were going to move um, to get some land and for our primary residence. was looking around for real estate, couldn't find anything, and somebody um, showed me this 
sheriff's sale that was coming up for sale. And I said, oh, there's no way. And I, he said, well, let's go out and look at it. So we drove out, and we couldn't actually get to the property because there was a gate, and it was up on a hill, so we, we really couldn't see the property. We just had the picture of what it looked like on the outside. So um, I went home and told my husband about it, and um, he... I'm sorry, you got flanked out for a minute. Yeah. Um, he wanted me to go bid on it at the sheriff's sale. And that same day, we were actually putting a bid on another house that was in a sheriff's sale. Um, so I was kind of reluctant about wanting to go bid on this house because I didn't want to end up with two. So um, I went anyway, and uh, it came up for bid, and we actually got the house for two sixty one four. And um, when we went for our loan, it appraised for six twenty. So we were really excited. When we actually got to get into the property to see it, because we hadn't really seen it at, at all, we were just um, floored by how gorgeous it was, and um, it was in perfect condition. We hardly have to do anything to it, so we were just really excited. Mm-hmm. So, you, um, when, you, when you said what you paid for the house and what it was worth, you almost made Mike, made Mike the engineer fall off his chair. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> who, when the bank saw what it appraised for, he called me up and says, I can't believe the deal you got. And I said, I know. Why do you think I want to close? I was so excited. I was like, we just, you know, and, and I didn't even want to buy it. And my when we went to look at it, my husband says, we need to move in here. So we decided that we took our bid off the other house, and we decided this was where we are going to move. So we closed um, two days before Christmas. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just a God thing. We were just so excited um, that um, we got such a great deal. But um, all I can say is, Five years ago, I was very reluctant. When we came to your seminar, I might told my husband, why did you do that? And we, we came to your seminar, and we, um, I learned a lot and met Missy and um, listened to you and just started jumping into the real estate business. And um, now I own um, 15 houses, and um, I still private lend, and it's just been wonderful. Now, the, the, this, this property that's now your home, uh, mm-hmm. I've seen pictures of it because uh, <laughs> Missy's was, Missy was showing it off to anybody who would who would look at the photos. And uh-huh. I, I, one thing that folks who are listening from outside of our area need to understand is that a six hundred and twenty thousand dollar house in Cincinnati is in the top one percent of all houses in Cincinnati. That mm-hmm. is that's that's a that's a luxury home. This house is on seven acres. It's only eleven years old. Uh, it was in perfect move-in condition at the time that you mm-hmm. that you won the bid at the sheriff's sale and uh, uh, there there's a whole niche in investing in luxury homes that is becoming a I'm hearing more and more stories like the one you just told because most people when they when they see that ad come up in the in the in the uh, paper for the sheriff's sale they look at mm-hmm. it and they go oh a $620,000 house I'm not going to even you know, that's that's not something that an investor would do. I'm not even going to going to look at that. But had you not fallen in love and decided to, to move in, you easily could have resold this house for a hundred thousand dollar plus profit. Oh, yeah. Easily. In, day, I, in a matter of days. Yes. Um, and that's what we had planned to do, um, because we actually were bidding on another sheriff's sale, which is where we wanted to move in and live. And my husband wanted to flip this one, um, you know, right away and make a profit off of it. But once we went up into it, we decided, wow, you know, we could live here a couple of years and really make it even more incredible. So um, that's why we decided to move into it. But, yes, mm-hmm. it was um, easily could have made a profit off right away. And for all the folks out there who are 
contemplating, uh, you know, moving up in their own in their own home in their own lifestyle. One of the things that's going to happen here as a result of you moving in is that when you do decide to sell it, whether that be two years, five years, 10 years, 20 years up the road, most of the gain, most of, most of the difference between the 261 you paid and the 600,000 plus you sell it for is going to be protected from capital gains taxes because it was your primary residence. Right. So it's all all a big plus. Yes. Yes. So uh, lesson here, listeners, is don't necessarily ignore the luxury home market because uh, when when you're getting this, I mean, yeah, the luxury home market has suffered just like the rest of the market. But when you see a house that last sold for seven hundred thousand and the bid that you can make at the sheriff sale is two fifty and you can analyze it like one of our previous uh guests talked about and figure out that it's worth hundreds of thousands more than the minimum bid, uh there is a market for these luxury homes amongst folks who are bargain seeking, just like the, the folks who are doing the starter homes. And when the decimal places move so that you're not buying for 26,000 and selling for 40, but you're buying for 260 and selling for 400, they move in your profits as well. So uh, congratulations, Debbie. It's a a beautiful house. When you have your housewarming party, send me an invitation because I want to actually get inside it and see, (laughs) see what, (laughs) see what this, see what this thing looks like in real life. And uh, congratulations on all of your real estate success. And thank you for sharing your um, great deal story. This may be the deal of the century, (laughs) much less the deal (laughs) of the year with our listeners. All right. Thank you. Thank you very much for being with us, Debbie. So I don't know, folks, what do you think? Real life deals from real life people? We can do it again if you just go to realliferealestateradio.com, fan us up, and let us know about your great deals, and maybe you can be a guest here on the show at some time in the future. Despite my warnings at the beginning of the program about how you needed to call during the time that the particular guest was on if you had a question about their deal, uh, I did get an email from Robert in Hudson, Ohio, asking how did the guest in Florida get the money to buy for the guest... He's not in Florida. He's in Ohio. How did my guest from Ohio get the money to buy the house in Florida? Luckily, I know the answer to that one. Uh, he did it with a transactional funder. So the guy, the uh, the lender, only loaned the money to close the deal. It was resold in a closing immediately after. And um, I don't know what the transactional funder specifically charged in his case, but I know that the typical fee for transactional funding is somewhere between 2 and 3% of the total amount borrowed. So since 433 was borrowed, you can figure he paid out somewhere around 12 to $15,000 in fees just for the transactional funding. So thank you for your question, Robert. Uh, don't forget to the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati's first meeting of January. We hope, we hope the weather alarmists are wrong and Mike is right and that we get not too terribly much snow, and we can go ahead and have our meeting tomorrow evening at the Jordan Crossing at the corner of Reading and Seymour, just a few blocks off the Seymour Avenue exit of I-75. All are welcome to that meeting. The early meeting at 6 o'clock is uh, all about how to set goals, create a business plan that works, and get going right in 2010. The main meeting is a panel of advanced investors 
talking about their predictions for 2010 and how they plan to change their business to take advantage of the market. We will be back next week with more information to put you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing. Until then, happy investing. One of the great Broadway staples is the musical Chicago. WMKV 89.3 FM takes you on a tour of highlights from the 1996 revival of Chicago. And all that jazz. Give them the old razzle-dazzle. The name on everybody's lips is gonna be. Be listening for highlights from the musical Chicago on the next Carol and Larry Fobiano music special. You can catch it Saturday, January 16th at 3 p.m., Tuesday, January 19th at 8 p.m., and Friday, January 22nd at 10 p.m. Here on 89.3 FM WMKV and WMKVFM.org. My name is Mike Worf, and the program is Kaleidoscope. Join Mike Worf and Kaleidoscope for a look at amazing stories, events in history, and the world around us. Kaleidoscope, Saturday and Sunday at 10 a.m. here on 89.3 WMKV, the way radio was and is meant to be. Live the memories and love the memories. I like the old-time radio shows like uh, 11.30 to 12, all the comedies. They're, They're my favorites. Well, they just have to listen and then they'll like it. 89.3 FM, WMKV, Reading, Ohio. Coming up next, it's Fox 19 News. Along with the weather and everything, stay tuned just a few seconds. Stay tuned for the Fox 19 6 p.m. news simulcast coming up next on WMKV Reading, Ohio, and...